Hi, my name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right on the bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind. You have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hi, it's me, Ania Karwowska, recording this podcast episode from my office in southern Canada. Yeah, I'm talking to you from Canadian-American border. I hope you do have a nice day, nice evening, nice afternoon. And today's episode might be triggering. And if it's triggering, that's good, because that means that I still have some message to get across. So, what's today's topic? Well, today's topic is the dyslexia snakes oil. So someone may ask, what is that snakes oil, right? So it is a term used to describe pseudoscientific or unproven treatments, interventions or products that claim to cure or alleviate the effects. So in the context of dyslexia in the EFL classroom, it refers to approaches or methods advertised that lack scientific evidence or are based on unfounded claims. And parents are misled, very often teachers as well, because obviously as human beings we tend to cut corners, right? We tend to grab that solution, we tend to fall for the gimmicks. And that's natural, that's our nature. So today I will start with some topics, ideas, products that I shall not name or that shall not be named. But if you are listening to me, you will know what I'm talking about. And if not, then stay away from it, really. Do not rely on pseudoscientific gimmicks or claims. So, every now and then, whenever I am on Facebook or any other social media, I tend to see lots of products that are being advertised and parents and educators tend to have the sweet spot for them and I think it's because of those quick fixes. So there are methods, let's say, or sometimes programs or apps that advertise that they will help dyslexic students read more proficiently and quickly. One of them relies on dyslexic fonts. Dyslexic fonts do not help dyslexic students. So it might be an individual. I applaud you for that. However, the scientific research does not support that claim, period. It does not support that claim. So therefore, before you dive into it or before you buy it, I would look for sources. I would look for research. I would ask questions. I would ask for the data. Edward Fleming, a famous statistician and data scientist, once said that in God we trust, other things must be delivered. So that being said, do not fall blindly for special funds. Or my another personal favorite, and again, I see it every now and then, dyslexia glasses. Dyslexia glasses come from that idea that dyslexia is a visual problem. Dyslexia is not a visual problem. Its origin is neurobiological. So whether you like it or not, it's not your eyesight that needs fixing 
or it's not that you will wear the dyslexia glasses and suddenly a dyslexic student will just blast off oh oh yeah we have a late bloomer and that late bloomer starts reading proficiently just because he has those glasses unfortunately it does not happen same with colored paper i recently had a discussion with a great educator and the idea of colored paper came up in our conversation and it shows that unfortunately we fall for the ideas that are not proven by science unfortunately so what's the problem with the colored paper and other ideas that seem to perpetrate ELT education first of all the usage of special fonts or written materials colored paper that claims to cure dyslexia or dramatically improves reading skills it is not supported by science so why legible fonts and well-designed reading materials can aid readability for dyslexic individuals it has not been proven so we don't have the data and again they might work for an individual person but if the data or the results are not quantified then we cannot claim that it is an evidence-based method what helps what helps is the multi-sensory explicit sequential and creative instruction I know I have been talking about it for a long time and I know that I keep banging about it on and on but I think like no it's not enough unfortunately until I stop seeing those pseudoscientific ads in the social media we still have to talk about it so what does it entail to have a good program for your dyslexic student well first of all if you are an EFL teacher the program has to focus on teaching phonemic awareness, phonics and other reading skills in an explicit manner. You have to remember that English is a morphophonemic language. That being said, you need to have that morphological, etymological and phonological layer. You have to remember that decoding and encoding are intertwined. That sight words are not words that are read by sight, and I will explain what it means, but sight words are words that are orthographically mapped and stored in your brain and then retrieved and only then and only then they become sight words now text-to-speech technology i know that especially in america and canada that's very popular and i would say text-to-speech technology is helpful but this should be a supplement an addition it should not be your sole instruction in the classroom same uh, it applies to electronic reading devices scribes so electronic writing devices it should be a supplement an addition and it's a very useful one. However, it cannot be like a staple instruction in your classroom. And that takes me to another topic. We are teachers. Teachers do not have time to dive into the scientific research. Let's be honest, and I'm being a little bit blunt, but you know, you have to prepare your classroom instruction. Yeah, I'm sure you had some methodology classes during your university years. If you did, you are lucky. If not, well, I cannot expect all the teachers just to go through the scientific magazines and journals and then discern, discern between those that are reliable and those that might not be that reliable. And reading research is a valuable practice for teachers and I'm a huge proponent of introducing the reading research into the staple ELT teaching practice and instruction. However, what if you don't have the time? So I would start with a specific question or a topic. Let's say from the get-go, do this, right? Then use reputable sources. So seek out or look out for research articles published in reputable journals or publications. Peer-reviewed, yeah, that's like a, the starter. 
Then read abstracts and introductions. So begin by reading abstracts or summaries and research articles. You don't have an overview of the study, including the research method, methodology, key findings. Then you need to assess the methodology. So pay attention to the research design, sample data, data collection, analysis used in the study. I know that ELT education values qualitative studies, and I know why, because you want to go deep, right? We are the connectors. However, however, I would highly suggest, I would highly suggest diving into quantitative studies, experimental studies, probably one of the best design studies in the ELT education. There are not too many, unfortunately, and this is a huge shame. However, I would go there and then I would look for meta-analysis. So if someone is trying to sell you a product, so let's say they sell you that product and say, oh, it's fantastic, it, it will cure dyslexia, you know, and it will take a month, two months, three months. First of all, dyslexia is not a condition that can be cured, right, because it's neurobiological. What I would do, I would ask for the data. Then I would ask for the research. And please, 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 if they show you one research paper, that's not enough. Check if the paper, if the study has been replicated, right? If there is meta-analysis, maybe there's more than one study. You have to practice your own discernment. As much as frustrating it may be, and I understand it, it may be frustrating because you do not have the time. However, I would ask those questions. And if someone is not very willing to answer or they get very agitated or upset, then you might smell something icky and I would, well, I would do my due diligence and double check it and do not fall for it. So that's my advice. What I would also suggest is to engage in professional discussion. So discuss the research with your colleagues, maybe have a professional development. So just do more, do more. I know that we teachers do more, but try, for example, to have a circle of colleagues, right? Professionals, have a discussion. Then you also, also be critical and open-minded. I would say approach research with critical mindset. Question everything, methodology, limitations, potential biases. The more critical you are, the more you approach it with mindset that says, okay, it sounds very interesting, but I would like to ask the question if. Or what study, right? Well, or what study was used? Or why did you use that study? Or what is the pool, right? What is the sample? Did you apply it? You can approach it in many different ways from many different angles. And then and only then you might say, okay, you know what? That, that might be the thing, yeah. And always, always, if you are not sure, I would look out for other research or ask other people who are professional in the field and who would guide you through the basics of research and through the discerning information because I think the information overload is sometimes a fallacy of the 21st century. Like I know we have so much information around us, right? But at the same time, it's so hard to discern the right from wrong. And sometimes it's so hard to discern, is it really working? Or are they just pulling my leg? Are they just trying to sell me that fake solution that would not help me, when it will not help my students, and it would lead me to an utter and sheer frustration. Because when you get something, when you try to buy something, and then suddenly it's not working right, you already may be frustrated, and it's normal, it's human. Yeah, you might feel that you are full. So I would say be critical, question everything, question what I say, you know, Absolutely, by all means, do your due diligence, 
check your sources and before you fall for any methodology or approach just you know just look look and dig a little bit deeper so thank you so much for listening to me i really love receiving your questions and yeah i really appreciate all the messages that you sent me on linkedin and instagram and I wanted to let you know that the dyslexia or how to identify dyslexia in different classroom. The self-paced course is still available and it will be available. It is a mini introductory course. So if you are interested, the link is in the episode description. And other than that, I wish you a safe day, evening, afternoon and stay safe, stay healthy and talk to you next time. Bye.